0: Wonderful, good morning, Life Point Fellowship. It is great to be here after what Pastor Cecil said has been an interesting few hours. Uh, he nearly got the story right. I actually got on the plane at 6, six o'clock last night and uh, they told us at 11, 11 p.m. that our flight was cancelled. And so uh, I'd been on the plane nearly, nearly five hours. On the tarmac, and uh, we got off, and uh, I really knew I had to be here. And they wanted to put me on a flight this morning at 8:30, which meant I was going to miss the services. But I happened to be sitting next to two girls, and these two girls they didn't know each other either. But one of the girls lived in Sugarland. <laughs> that that just sounded good to me, you know. And so uh, she sounded like a good person. Anyone from Sugarland is my friend. And so we started talking and she said she needed to get home through the night. She had a husband and a little girl waiting on her. And so did this other girl who was visiting from Mexico. So it was a really interesting conversation. Uh, But we all agreed to hire a car because your very own pastor, actually, I was ringing him on the plane. And he offered to drive to Dallas last night. To pick me up. He didn't want me to tell you this, but this is is the humility of your pastor. He offered to drive to Dallas to pick me up and bring me here. And I said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And these people drove me all through the night. We actually got in at 4 a.m. I got to bed at 4.30 this morning. I woke up at 7 a.m. On that route home, let me tell you something before I get into my message. I had an experience as well. At 2 a.m., I found myself in Bucky's. Come on now. (laughs) You know, in in the middle of all of this, my suitcase got lost. So, you know, so I nearly bought a Bucky's T-shirt last night. But we said we'd go one better and I'd wear one of your T-shirts this morning. Come on. This is not normally my preaching attire. I haven't shaved. I haven't combed my hair. But I tell you what, I may be weak in the flesh, but my spirit is on fire. i tell you. I've had two and a half hours sleep in the last 36 hours, but I'm ready. I'm ready. And I'm glad I'm at Life Point Fellowship in Houston, Texas. How y'all doing? <laughs> Wonderful. Well, you know, I do want to take a moment as well to honor your senior pastors, Pastor Cecil. And Leah, in fact, when I was here last year, I kept calling him Cecil. <laughs> I got the name wrong. Uh, but you have uh, incredible pastors who I've got to know over the last 16 to 18 months. And uh, they've been a real blessing to me. And I get to travel the world and meet many Pastors and ministers and leaders, and I honestly love what I see in your pastors the humility, the generosity, the enthusiasm to serve Jesus Christ and build his local church is phenomenal. So, why don't we give them a hand for their service and for the work they do? I'm married to one wife, praise God. They're going to show you a photo. There's my there's my girls, and uh, this is uh, Lisa, my wife. Do you know every time I look at her, I know there is a God. There is a God. He's been good to me, and that's our miracle child. That's Lila, and I'm going to tell you about more about my story in a moment. But but we were told that we could never have children, and uh, it's been a real tough journey. And I am really going to get into it in just a moment. But if you've never seen a miracle, I think they've got another picture as well. Just take a look at that. You have now. You have now. She's our miracle. We serve a God that is in the signs and wonders business. And I believe that this morning that God can do something in your life, in your situations, in your circumstances. Nothing is impossible for my God. Amen. All right, let me pray and then we'll get into the word. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do indeed thank you. Lord, that what the enemy meant for harm, you will use for good. And so, God, I ask you today that every man, every woman, every child, under the sound of my voice, Lord, will leave this place different to the way they came in. Lord, I ask that minds will be renewed, that hearts will be transformed, that souls will be refreshed. Lord, I ask that you will step in to people's situations this morning. And that that they will have a personal encounter with you. May they never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm really excited today. So excited. But the title of my message is this Victory in the Valley. Victory in the Valley. And I know it follows on with the series that you've been in, but. I want to start by telling you a personal story. On April the 24th, 2015, my life changed overnight. Lisa and I were expecting our first child, a little girl that we had called Elle. It was a miracle that we had conceived. We had just purchased our first house. And we were just a, a couple of days away from the due date, the arrival day of our miracle. The nursery had been painted. The clothes had been laid out. The, 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 the furniture and the car seat was all in the car, ready to go. But as we went into hospital that day, my wife gave birth to a little girl without a beating heart. No breath in her lungs. She was born without a blemish on her body, and her death went down as unexplained. It has been a very difficult time for my wife. We didn't understand why it happened. Sometimes we don't understand why things happen in your life. But I remember in hospital, Through the the, the tears that went on for many, many days and actually for for a good year for my wife, we made a decision that even though we do not always understand why certain things happen in our life, that we were going to trust God anyway and believe that He was going to carry us through what was going to be the hardest season of our lives. And so I want to talk to you today about your valley about having victory in your valley. You see, I wonder, have you ever been in a valley? A place where the mountaintop looks too high to climb. A dry place. A lonely place. A tired place. A place of no hope. Or have you ever been in a valley? I want to start my assignment from a passage in Exodus Chapter 17, and just to bring you up to speed with what has been happening here, the Israelites have now escaped the oppression of the Egyptian army via the crossing of the Red Sea. They are in freedom, although not many people are happy about this. Despite the fact God has provided manna from heaven and fresh water from a rock, they are still unhappy. And so we pick up the story here in Exodus 17, verse 8. And I believe they're going to put it up on the big Texas Bible. How many people love a big Texas Bible? (laughs) I need to get myself one of those. And it says this. It says, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Now, let me just tell you very quickly who the Amalekites were. They were a fierce nomadic tribe that lived in the desert region by the Dead Sea and they made their living by conducting frequent raids on other settlements, killing for pleasure and carrying off other people's goods. They were known as the pirates of the desert, but little did they know that today they had picked on the wrong people. Oh, I love it. When a bully picks on the wrong person. So this is what's happening here. They attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men to go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone, put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset." So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. And verse 15 said, And Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. Wow! We are straight into the action. No messing about. The Bible says that it was the Amalekites who came and attacked the Israelites. So the Israelites had to do something, they had to respond. Now, we do not know if they were prepared, but they had two choices either they retreat and they concede the ground that they are now living in, or they stand up to that which has come against them and they fight. Thankfully, they made the right decision. You see, courage is more than just stepping up to the line. My definition of courage is this. It is doing what needs to be done, even when you don't feel like doing it. That's courage. I'll say that again if you're taking notes. It is doing what needs to be done, even when you don't feel like doing it. Do you know, getting out of bed takes courage for some people to face their day. Going to a doctor's appointment, even though the news that you are going to receive is going to be bad, takes courage. Ending an unhealthy relationship takes courage. Walking through the doors of church for the first time on a Sunday morning takes courage. Courage comes in different forms, but the most courageous people I have ever met are those who do what needs to be done, even when you don't feel like doing it. Oh, I wonder today, are there any courageous Texans in church this morning? (laughs) Oh, I'm glad I came here. It was worth the journey. Let me also tell you, on that journey, the, one of the girls I was traveling with, she used to be in church many years ago, got married and life got busy. For the last three or four years, she's been drifting. By the end of our conversation, she told me that her mum had been praying for her every day that she would come back to God. By the time she dropped me off at my hotel at 4 a.m. last night, I know that doesn't sound good. Trust me, it was all clean, all pure. She told me that she was going to get herself back into church. So we praise God for that. But when I read this account in Exodus, I see courage demonstrated. But I also cannot help drawing parallels to what we go through in our own day-to-day walk. When we look at this account, this one fight was taking place in two places. One fight was in the endurance of the mind, and this was Moses' fight. The spiritual endurance that needs to kick in when all hell is breaking loose on your outsides. It is keeping God at the center of your focus, even when it looks like He has abandoned you. Moses' fight in this story represents your internal struggles. The other fight, the Joshua's fight, was a physical fight. It was hand-to-hand combat. It's the action you have to take on the outside to claim back the ground that the enemy has tried to steal from you. He represents the daily decisions that you make in your life that everyone around you can see this fight was taking place in two places at once. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites. They didn't ask them for a fight. They did not arrange a fight. They were not expecting a fight, but the fight was on. And some of you today know exactly what that feels like. You didn't ask for your children to be sick, but the fight was on. You did not expect to lose your baby in the delivery suite after nine months of carrying a miracle, but the fight is on. You were supposed to be employed by that company for the rest of your life, but they let you go, and the fight is on. You never thought that you would have to battle depression, but the fight is on. You never thought stress would walk into your life, but the fight is on. You cannot seem to break that addiction that constantly tugs on the walls of your heart, but the fight is on. You see, friend, whether you know it or not, the enemy is trying to take you down but I have good news for you today because when you know our father in heaven then you live from a place of victory you walk from a place of victory you pray from a place of victory you fight from a place of victory you can even rest you can even rest from a place of victory I told you you're going to get everything today I love to watch my favorite soccer team. They're called Watford FC. They're the best team in the world. Has anyone heard of them? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> That's it, because I've heard you all support the Dallas uh, Cowboys here. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. You know, I'm going to pray for you all later. No, I heard it's the, the, the Houston Texans. Is that right? Okay, just, just checking you're all still awake. Now, you see, I love going to watch Watford. And I go to the stadium and I go watch the game. And, you know, the games can be so tense sometimes, you know. I get myself so worked up that sometimes it feels like I've been playing the game myself. Some of you know what that feels like. You see, you don't know how the result is going to to turn out. And it can be a good experience, but, but I can feel so drained. However, when I go home at night... And I watched the game back on the highlight show. And I know that we've won the game. Even if we're losing, it's amazing how I can now sit back and relax with my smoked barbecue ribs and pecan pie. Yeah, I've been doing my research, you see. (laughs) It's amazing how I can sit back and relax knowing that even if we're losing... We still come back and win the game. Here's my point. It it is amazing the approach you take in life when you know that you have already won. You have already won. And I love how Moses shows us this. That if you win your internal battles, if you win the battle of your mind, it is amazing the victory you will have in the way you walk. Now, I am sure that most of you have noticed that not all fights you face are physical fights. You can be in a verbal fight, a silent fight. You can fight for a cause that you believe in. Fighting comes in various ways, but the biggest and most frequent battles you will ever fight are the battles of the mind. It is interesting to me that your greatest conflicts Take place in the top two inches of your head. This is where you do most of your fighting. And this is why the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that we are not to conform to the pattern of this world, but are to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you know renewing? It means to replace to replenish, to rejuvenate something that is broken or worn out. No wonder the enemy is after your mind. He is after your control tower. He knows that if he can take your mind, then he can tumble your tower. He wants to get into your thought life so that he can breed fear and anxiety to stop you achieving and accomplishing all that God has set apart for your life. That is why the Bible says that you must guard your heart daily and renew your mind daily. You know, when I say control tower... I think of a control tower at the airport, and I know I had a good long look at it last night, <laughs> but just imagine if the control tower at the George Bush International Airport goes down, you will bring a big operation to, to its knees, commotion and chaos would ring out because inside of that control tower is, is the brains of any airport. It is the coordination of incoming and outgoing flights. Now, most of us will never see visibly the inside workings of that control tower, but we would all see the catastrophic results of one if it was not there. If it was not there, God will, will can and He will get you through your valley. But you have to give your whole mind over to the Lord. God will allow you to fly your own plane. But ultimately, I need Him. You need Him guiding your flight. I need Him directing my steps. And so I wonder today, what are you filling your mind with? Who do you allow into this place? Who is in control of your tower? Victory in the valley is yours. But I want to give you three very quick reminders, three very quick keys that are going to help you pass through the valley, walk through the valley. Did you notice what I said there? You see, we're not setting up our house in the valley. We're not getting comfortable. In the valley we're not camping in the valley we're walking through it we are walking through it, and so I want to give you three quick keys that are gonna help you have victory in your valley number one the first is this is that you must understand that you are not alone you are not alone you may feel today Like you are in the darkest place. You feel isolated. You may not see God in the way you are right now, but God is with you. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not be in want, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, even in your greatest depths of despair, in your darkest challenges, God is closer to you than you think. You have not been designed to walk life out all by yourself. You need to start turning some of that stuff over to God. Allow Him again to take you by the hand and walk with Him. He is the faithful shepherd. He will lead you beside still waters, but you are the one who has to follow Him and trust Him first. You have to trust Him first. Stop. Stop. Trying to work everything out all by yourself. Too many of us fight alone, especially the men. (laughs) Ah, we don't need any help. We've got this all together. I don't need to tell my wife what I'm going through. I can handle it. I'm a big man. I'm a strong man. Well, brothers and sisters, can I tell you this? Too many fights you lo- you fight are too big for you, and you need the Lord's armor. And you need his strength and his shoulders are big enough to carry you you see when you allow God to take you by the hand even though you cannot see where he is leading you my Bible tells me that his light will pierce your darkest light night that his light will be a lamp unto your feet that his light will fill you up with a new hope don't you shut out the light don't hide from the light don't fight the light allow his light to fight for you for exposure to his light will heal you it will help you grow and it will move you forward one slow step at a time for darkness cannot stand in the presence of light if you don't believe me when you go home tonight you turn on your bedroom light and you watch what happens to the darkness It has to run. It has to run. It runs under the door. It goes out through the window. For darkness cannot stand in the presence of light. Now Moses, not only does he recognize that he needs God with him to win, but he is also very intentional in bringing some friends to stand alongside with him. He knows that there is power in allowing the right people to come around you. I say the right people because look who he took with him, Aaron and her people he did life with, people he knew, people he trusted. You see, Moses seems to be remembered most for the victory in this passage, but his friends played a huge part in the success of of this battle. For when fatigue and tiredness and disappointment and frustration crept in, it was his companions who stepped up. Oh, what a joy it is to have people around you who hold you close when you're feeling down, who pull you up when you're feeling broken, Thank God that Moses was not too prideful to ask for help. Remember, this is the great Moses I'm talking about. The the man who looked Pharaoh, the most powerful man on the planet at that time. Moses said to Pharaoh, I'm leading my people out out of oppression from you. This man, Moses, asked someone for help. The Bible describes him as a hero of the faith. A hero of the faith was humble enough to ask for help. Friend, no one is invincible. No matter how strong you think you are, that is why we need a few trusted friends to stand alongside us. Without them, your life will be a very empty place. You know, you don't have to do this alone. And I love that about this church, that there are life groups that you can join. There are ministries that you can serve on. There are teams that you can be a part of so that, so that not only can you help other people, so that you can build friendships and do life with people inside and outside of the church. Do you know it is a fact that one goose, one goose can fly 75% further when it is in a formation with other geese than when it tries to fly alone. That is a fact. Can I say, can I be really honest with you? This season that my wife and I are still walking through, we lost Elle, we didn't lose Elle, we know where she went. We know she bypassed earth. The first person she saw when she opened her eyes was the face of Jesus. We believe that without doubt. But can I tell you, this season that we're still walking through four years on, we're still dealing with it. It's been the hardest, most difficult time of my life. There were days when I thought I would never preach again. There were days when I did not want to get out of bed. There were days when I questioned why I was even alive. But the prayers, the support, the love of people within the church, outside of the church, people I knew, people I didn't know, oh, how their support carried us through. Who are you trying to fool today? If Moses can ask for help, then so can you. Get planted in the church. Ask God to bring the right people around you and do. Life together, you do not need to fight alone. Is this helping you today? I'm just getting warmed up. (laughs) The second key to have victory in your valley is this number two is that you need to keep lifting your hands. Do you know it's one thing to lift your hands and worship God when everything's going well? That's the easy bit. The real test of your faith is whether you can lift your hands and praise when you're walking through a valley, when you're passing through the fire, when you find yourself in a season a lot longer than you thought you would ever be. That's the test of faith. For example, how many of you woke up this morning and lifted your hands high and thanked God for all the problems that you're currently in? God, I thank you for the job I still hate. God, I thank you for the annoying boss that I work for. God, I thank you that I'm still single. That always gets a nervous laugh, that one. (laughs) God, I thank you that you haven't answered my prayers. God, I thank you for the valley season. It feels amazing. I don't think, I don't think many of you would have prayed those prayers this morning. Actually, it can be quite frustrating when God seems to withhold the things and the answers that you so desperately desire. But what I have learned in my own more recent valley is that God is up to something. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is up to something. Now turn to your least favorite neighbor (laughs) and say, God is up to something too. (laughs) <laughs> Romans 8:28 says that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purposes. Oh, how good does that Bible verse sound when you're in a good place? But how often do you quote that when you are not seeing the fruit of those words? Do you get disheartened? Does your faith in him crumble? Are you tempted to walk away from the call of God on your life? Or do you lift your hands like Moses did because you know that your God is an awesome God? He is a deliverer, He is a provider. He is a protector. He is a restorer. He is holy. He is great. He is mighty. He is awesome. You can give him a hand if you believe it. He is an awesome God. And you will always feel tired and weak when you are trying to control things in your own strength. That is why you must lift your hands every day and surrender everything you are, everything you have, and allow Him to guide you. Understand that God is not finished with you yet, that God is up to something. Oh yes, the valley seasons, they can break you, but they can also make you. So don't quit in it, don't run from it, don't hide in it, for endurance is built in the valley. Trust in is built in the valley, hope will always shine through, even if it is the smallest ray. For your victories in the valley will determine the mountaintops that God wants to take you to. Your victories in your valley will determine the mountaintops that God will take you to. So, lift your eyes, lift your hands, lift your voice for nothing is wasted in your valley I want to call the band forward as I bring this to a close I have to have a close otherwise I preach your day <laughs> and stay, stay watching me I know, I know they're better looking but <laughs> keep watching me don't, don't get distracted the third key To have victory in your valley is this, is that you need to give God all the glory. It says in verse 15 of that story, and Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner, for hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. Do you know I've not met many people who enjoy being in a valley season. Most of us want to escape it as soon as trouble hits. However, God often does more in you and through you as you pass through those valleys than when you are on top of a mountain. Now, of course, in an ideal world, we would all love to live on the mountain top forever. This, though, is not a reality. It will be in heaven, but not now because we live in a fallen world, a world in which no one can escape trial or obstacles. However, my Bible says that we can all overcome these hurdles, that we can all overcome these trials when we learn to give God all the glory, when we learn to walk with Him, when we learn to trust Him. You see, friend, I love reading about Moses and and Joshua when it comes to having victories in the valley. But if I'm honest, they were just the warm up act. You thought they were good. You thought they were brave. You thought they changed the world. Well, they are, they were, and they did, but they have nothing on my Jesus. (laughs) Nothing on my Jesus. Jesus walked a valley. Like no other, the Son of God came to earth in human form to pay the ransom for your sin and my sin. He was beaten, flogged, mocked, spat upon. They forced a crown of thorns on His head. They pierced His side with a spear. They drove nails through His hands and through His feet as they crucified Him crucified Him on a cross. Oh, the enemy thought that He had won in the valley. But little did He know, little did He know that on the third day, the fire of hell could not hold Him. Death couldn't handle Him and the tomb could not keep Him. On that day, Jesus Christ would conquer the grave and He would strike a knockout punch to Satan's rule. He would establish His eternal authority all over the earth. It was on that day when Jesus Christ made Himself available for all humanity to be forgiven of our sins and walk into a personal life-changing relationship with Him. It was on that day when the devil lost the war and you and I were equipped with a power like no other. It was on that day power was given to you. It was on that day authority was given to you. It was on that day that victory was given to you. It was on that day when Jesus said, I'm back, baby, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. No, it was on that day, and I promise you, I am finished. It was on that day, Jesus saw you, he saw your face, he saw your face, your name was engraved on his heart. He walked through, he passed through the darkest, most painful valley man would ever endure why because he loves you he loves you he loves you he loves you so much more than you will ever understand and you will ever know so whatever your valley is today I want you to remember this scripture in Romans 837. That says overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved you, who loved us. <laughs> overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. He loves you. From the oldest to the youngest, he loves you. Do you know what overwhelming means? Overwhelming means that the opposition is useless, it is powerless, it can have no hold over you. So whatever your valley is today, maybe it's a bad doctor's report, maybe it's an ongoing sickness, perhaps you're in financial turmoil, maybe you're battling with identity issues, perhaps the house fell through, maybe your business is broke, maybe your children are in trouble, perhaps like Lisa and I, you lost a baby or you lost a loved one. Perhaps you can't conceive. Maybe you've made some poor choices. Perhaps that addiction won't break. Maybe you feel like you've blown it. That God is mad or sad at you. Perhaps you feel that that dream is so far out of reach, it will never come to pass. And as I finish today, I want to tell you this. That through the love of Jesus Christ, overwhelming victory is yours oh friend my bible says that you are more than a conqueror that your battle belongs to the lord that with god all things are possible a moment but before i do that wherever i go i want to give people an opportunity to make your peace with god to invite jesus christ to be the lord and savior of your life so right now if i could have every head bowed and every eye closed i'm not going to embarrass you or call you to the front this isn't about me and you This is a moment between you and God. You see, the Bible says that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. He took our sin, our shame, our guilt, our past, our present, our future. He took it to the grave. But three days later, the Bible boldly declares that the grave could hold Him no more. And Jesus Christ would rise from the dead he would smash through the chains of sin he would break through the bonds of death and he would make a way he would make a way for you and I to be forgiven to be loved to be accepted and it is through his love through his grace through the gift of salvation you can receive him into your life today Friend, you cannot buy this gift, you cannot earn this gift, you cannot work for this gift, but you can receive it by repenting of your sins and inviting Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your heart. And so if I'm speaking to you today, I'm going to count to three, and on three, if that's you, if you'd say, Luke, that's me, I need Jesus, I want you to raise your hands this morning so that I can lead you in a simple prayer of faith maybe you've never made this decision before perhaps it's the first time you've ever come to church but you know that something is stirring on your insides or perhaps once upon a time you had said yes to God you were living for Jesus but you've backslidden. you got stuck in the valley but today God is knocking on the walls of your heart if that's you I see hands going up already. Here we go, on three, if that's you, join these people. One, two, three. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's wonderful, thank you. Right on the back, I see you too. That's wonderful. Would anyone else join these people this morning? Thank you, sir, I see your hand as well. Wonderful. Okay, you can put your hands down. Here's what we're gonna do, church. We're gonna pray together especially those of you that lifted your hands this morning so come on repeat this nice and loud every single one of us as a church family after me let's pray dear God thank you for your son Jesus Christ today I ask you to come into my heart and to forgive me from my sins Father, I turn towards you, and I accept your gift of grace. I ask that you would use me to make your name known all the days of my life, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's give those people and our God a round of applause. go into this song again, but before we do, I want to do one more thing. I believe it's a very powerful symbol to finish with this morning. If you could take the hand of the person on your left and the person on your right, give that hand a little squeeze. Let them know that you're with them. I spoke a message today about having victory in your Where you are right now, you may be on the mountaintop, but you have no idea what is going on on the person's life on your left and on your right. They could be going through the deepest, darkest pain, trial they have ever endured. Squeeze that hand. I want them to know today that you are not alone, that you are not alone, and that God is with you, that God is for you, and that God can bring you through what you are going through and so as Aaron and Hur did to Moses I want you to do to your neighbor right now as I speak God's word over your life I want you to raise those hands right now and we're going to begin to sing as I pray and speak God's word over your life right now come on let's pray if you believe in prayer you can pray in your heart you can pray out loud but let's believe for breakthrough in this place today come on let's pray Lord God we thank you we thank you that you are in the signs and wonders business and lord i thank you that you are in this place this morning and so god i want to come against lord principalities of evil and of darkness as we declare your name over people's circumstances and situations god we believe for healing